0: Welcome to spoilers. It uh, is January the what? Second. Okay, sorry, I'm losing kind of my days with the new year. January the second. <laughs> and uh, this week we are reviewing the uh, Jeff Nichols written and directed film Midnight Special. Uh, before we go in, I'd like everybody, to uh, introduce themselves and what's your top New Year's resolution this year, Mikey?
1: Uh. uh. I'm recording from uh, Stevie's house right now. Uh, I was put on the spot. didn't know the resolution thing. Yeah. Just Uh, had to think of something. uh, New year, new you, Mikey. I'm going to try to eat a lot less fast food this year. Nice. I think I eat too much fast food, so I'm going to try and tone it down.
2: Nice. Nice. How about you, Vince? Well, this is Vince the intern out here in Mile High. Um, New year, new spoilers. That's tough, I usually don't do resolutions because I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure and but you know um yeah, I guess I don't really have any resolutions, but uh yeah, so that's kind of a downer um I'm gonna try to <laughs> piggyback off of Mikey's no um <clears throat> I do have a climbing goal of uh being able to consistently climb um v eights by eighteen so that's a goal.
1: I will say that okay. I did eat Wendy's today, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, um, I ate Panda.
1: Yeah, it's no, all geez. right.
0: <laughs>
3: Ooh, those both sound
2: good.
0: All right, Pap, what about
3: you? Uh, this is Paty recording from Denver, Colorado. Um, I hope in 2017 I spend more time on the internet looking at memes. I don't think I spent enough time in 2016 doing that, so hopefully... Get my priorities in order more for
1: dank the new year. In his life. Yeah, more <laughs> Dank memes.
2: Nice. That that is a goal we can all strive towards.
0: righty. and I'm your host Stevie. And resolution this year, um, I want to try to go to the movie theaters at least three times a month. That's so a good goal. Usually cool. have a bye week. A bye week. Have <laughs> a bye week. I mean, just I mean, there's some weeks where no good movies are just out. It's like I'm not going to pay money to see these, but hopefully. Hopefully, three times a month will suffice. So that's my. It's a lot point. of movies,
2: though, if you think about it. Thirty-six movies—that's that's quite a bit.
0: But we're also on a movie podcast.
2: Well, no, I mean it's a lot to go see in theaters, you know, and not just watch on your home entertainment system.
0: I know, but I was kind of—I was listening to uh, it was at Leonard Moulton today, and he's—he kind of got me in the right direction. Some movies just need to be seen on the big screen.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And it's always a better experience to see it in a big screen with the. Lights all dark and the uh, great sound system and stuff. So
0: yeah, and you yeah, had like I mean, random, random people coughing and bunch of crunches and opening their the candy bunch during the crushed. opening scenes, which just drives me up the wall because you had 20 minutes before I had to do- open them. Goddamn but I digress. Uh, <laughs> the movie was, we're was, reviewing was, today <laughs> is uh, one of those movies I wish we had seen in theaters. What I had seen in theaters, which was Midnight Special. Yeah, which I is I Said it was written and directed by Jeff Nichols. It's about uh, Roy Talman and his biological son. Alton Meyer escaping from both the government and a cult after discovering that Alton has special powers. Uh, I guess let's go ahead and open the floor and get your guys' initial thoughts and takes on the movies on the movie.
3: Well, this is why I ignore the Amber Alerts that pop up on my iPhone.
0: Good for you, Pap. (laughs) Pap, we got one today out here in Denver. Yeah, yeah, we we got. got I got one today. Yeah, we got. What was your guys's?
2: I don't know. I, I know. Them. What was I ours? Guess, Is it, like, I it one it 2007
1: something. Well, let's, okay. Amber
2: Alerts are probably, you know, they're good things. But they're <laughs> I mean, annoying yeah. annoying when you're like on know. your it, phone.
0: Are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, okay. It's, ignored it.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, same. That's what I do. I swipe like the, uh, get rid of this notification, get it out of my face. But I think it's for a good thing to find a kid, right? That's what they're about.
0: I
3: don't even know what
0: they are. Okay. Back to the movie. Pap initial
3: thoughts. (laughs) Okay. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I I first saw this movie on my plane trip down to Australia and I was freaking hammered and I loved it on my second viewing. I caught a couple, caught a couple more things that, you know, or maybe are small problems with the movie, but overall I think it's, it's a really fun ride. And I think that the lack of information that we're given by Jeff, uh, Jeff Jeff Nichols Nichols is definitely intentional. Um, and sometimes maybe overdone, but yeah. for the most part, is effective. Yeah, yeah. he
0: was. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, actually, Pat, you sent this to me. Is it uh, Leonard Moulton's podcast? Moulton on movies. Yeah, Maltin on movies, and I mean, a lot of his movies deal with ambiguity. And he was also talking on that podcast today about how he likes to remove as much dialogue as possible in his films. We actually found Drew. Actually, found the uh, Pat. Actually, found the script online. And when you're reading it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a, not a lot of dialogue, but just a lot of moving parts, which is always fun to read. So I definitely get yeah. what you're saying with this ambigu- ambiguity.
3: Well, th- well, one other thing, too, just to add on to what I said, even though it is ambiguous, it's still like a 112-minute uh, uh, runtime. So it's a long <laughs> movie for not getting a lot of answers. And I think it sometimes it drags a little bit. And I'm yeah. seeing things that I don't necessarily want to see in exchange for answers, but, I mean, it's still a fun ride. Yeah. Uh, I just looked up
2: uh, Nichols. I see that he wrote Mud. Uh, that stars Matthew McConaughey. And that was a great movie. Have you guys seen Mud? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie, so it's interesting to see that he also wrote that. I didn't think he made that too ambiguous, um, but it's it seems like then he must his theme might be like writing um movies that are more so like uh, childhood fantasy slash like sci-fi mystery almost because that was kind of what mud was in a sense too it was more of like a it was like a stand by me kind of like childhood movie if that makes sense
3: another um, thing, um, yeah another thing yeah. i got too between the two movies was kind of anti government almost because in mud you have the river authority that's a uh, kicking him off their boat here you had the uh, cia and nsa yeah who were kind of bad guys and then i think in no, his, it was, i don't think it was cia it was fbi uh yeah and sorry. then his, his newest film loving uh i think was an interracial couple who are broken up by the virginia state government so I, i'm wondering if he's a little bit of uh anti-establishment or whatever libertarian i don't know i don't know anything about his political background but i like him all his movies let's call him up and see who he voted for what do you think about midnight vince sorry i didn't mean to derail midnight special yeah. I think I was telling you guys earlier, I was
2: really, I was really excited how it kind of started out. So um, for our, our listeners that have not seen the movie, um, spoiler on the starting, it's basically um, this little boy. I think he's like 10 years old that um, we later find out have superpowers. It's his dad and then like his dad's good friend, and they're on the run. And they're in this like motel with the windows all boarded up, and they're like kind of acting shady. It seems like they're like bank robbers or something. You don't really know what's going on at this point. And then they all get into their car and they take off in the night. And then um, Midnight Special title screen comes across and whatnot. And I kind of got pumped after that. I thought it was going to be a great ride. Not that it wasn't. uh, But overall, I had beef with I don't think the conflict had any resolution. And I don't think there was any conflict at all. And I think all good stories have to have conflict and conflict resolution of some sort. And, like, yeah, there was the conflict of the FBI and NSA trying to go after the kid. But what does it all mean? Because I don't think there was any like background meaning of what the significance of this kid was to get to the second world. So spoiler alert: the ending of the movie, they do get this kid to this time and place where he kind of transcends into a second world that's almost a world of spirits that can lay on top of our current real world and they kind of look down upon us um, and watch over us in a sense. It's kind of what they made it sound like. But I don't think there was like underlying themes or tones or, or even like a um, a reason why this all was happening. Now, correct me if you I'm wrong or if, correct me if you guys had different kind of thoughts on that. But my whole thing with it was I loved it. It was a great ride. It was a mysterious. Um, you didn't really know what was going to happen, what was going on or what the kids powers were. But I didn't think there was any real like thickness behind it of anything with any kind of meaning. And I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but. Does that make
0: sense? In an interview I watched today, it, Jeff Nichols kind of laid it out in much simpler terms. Um, even though it was kind of like a, like a subdued sci fi chase movie, he said that a lot of the themes were doing, had to deal, had to deal with being a father and um, yeah. just being a parent. And Michael he said, like the, yeah. yeah, he said the biggest theme of the movie is you can't control your child. So you can't control when they're born, when they're born, you can't control when they die or how they die and you can't just control who they're going to be, which is what the movie tried to reflect a lot. Wow, and yeah, see
2: as a viewer I did not see that at all, but as you say that and then as the writer obviously says it, it makes sense. Like I yeah. could see it at that point, but I didn't see those themes throughout the the film being like a main point. Well to be but, fair, like yeah,
3: we, well, be fair, none of us are parents too. So it's not we're not putting ourselves necessarily in that character's point of view. And he, he also okay, said right now yeah, too. <laughs> that we know of <laughs> and he also
0: said that um yeah, Pat, like the biggest countries. The biggest theme Sorry. of this movie <laughs> is just kind of like we want to do what's best for our children and sometimes we just fail miserably at it. But you know, why
1: un- why would he I get that
2: he would say that, but why? Why would he say that? Michael Shannon, which was Roy, it was the um, parent, uh, the uh, kid's dad in the movie. Why would he be failing when he got him to the point of where he wanted to get him?
0: He just he said sometimes. He said yeah, sometimes, but, like we don't do what's right best for our children.
3: But so was was he saying that? michael shannon's character roy was doing the best for his child well i think that maybe it's more of the fear that the decisions you make are the best thing because i mean um both both roy and sarah become aware that they're going to give away their kid to this other universe and having to trust that so i think it's more of second guessing yourself Mm -hmm. maybe
2: yeah i mean that could also like translate into parents you know letting their kid go to college or study abroad or whatever it might be move away from home or, or whatever so that could be some kind of parallel theme that he was driving to um because that does make sense and i could see that because the parents were from what i could see if they're acting were trying the best they could they could to get um alton to to the point of being able to you know go to the next world or whatever he did you know
0: right
2: yeah so i guess i could see that theme but I don't know. Watching it for the first time, Raw, I, I did not pick that up, and I thought, I thought that, well, it's funny to hear what uh, Jeff Nichols, the writer, was trying to go for, but what I thought he was going for, I couldn't figure out. Um, I just didn't think there was like a theme there. So it's it is interesting to hear what he actually was going after. Money, money, Mike. What what were you thinking about it?
1: Uh, I agree with uh, what you and Pabby said about like there's there's ambiguity to the movie i wanted to know like when he's locking eyes with that older guy in that room like what is that older guy seeing his yeah like second
0: world other dimension but like
1: what is going on in that other dimension like what what are that's a good good
0: point that we haven't brought up yet
1: like i was just throughout the whole movie up until like the very last 10 minutes you don't know what's going on with his powers and
3: extreme narrative withholding yeah
1: yeah i just want that's like what i wanted to know throughout the entire thing because i thought this movie was a lot like i want to compare it to like super eight yeah maybe
2: i can see that kind
1: of it was like super
2: eight meets the leftovers almost
1: and like super eight doesn't have a lot of answers to it but you know that there's like an alien and he's trying to go back home and like
2: which could be all a part
3: of the cloverfield series who knows But uh with some uh, <laughs> close encounters yeah. of the third kind sprinkled in, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The main character well, of that uh, movie's first name is Roy, and the main character of this movie's first name is Roy, too. So, very intentional. That, that couldn't have been a coincidence. Well, no. For, for our
2: um, listeners, and if you haven't seen the movie, what uh, Money was talking about was the, the entire film also shows this, like, cult like an actual church cult and they get arrested in one of the first scenes by the FBI and all, all detained and they weren't upset about it or anything. But what these cult people followed were this kid. Um, What this kid with superpowers, he would like rattle off and it was almost like he would be like picking up frequencies of the NSA and the government and stuff. And he'd like rattle off names and dates and stuff. And then they would like worship those times and and whatnot. That's what I was taking from it. And so halfway through the film, the dad and the friend of the dad are, you know, trying to take this kid to the final spot. That's kind of the point of the entire movie. And they're staying at like these safe houses. And it was this ex-cult member um, that was like willing to help the kid for the best good. But then we find out later that he kind of—I don't know what you would call it—like superpower steals from him in a sense. I don't know what you'd want to call it. It's um, uncomfortable. But so like,
0: yeah, it's he uncomfortable.
2: Locks, he locks eyes with. Alton, the kid who has superpowers and there's like a a Superman beam of energy going from the kid's eyes to his eyes Um, but it was like blue light just shining into him Um, and then his dad comes and knocks him over the head and whatnot but at that point the viewer um, the person watching the movie has no idea what the heck is happening and that's the first time we actually see Alton's superpowers um, other than he I think he rattled off like different language at one time or whatnot. Um, spanish radio. Yeah, Spanish radio. But what oh, Mikey was saying is, like, at that time, we don't know why why that dude want to like mind him and like steal his energy or whatever he was doing. But I think what was happening, and I'll let you guys go on what you think is too. But I think what was doing is like the kid's kind of showing him. Um, I don't know because they all said they had like comfort afterwards. So it's like the kid is showing him that like the universe and and and, and there's more to just our <laughs> world and there's other worlds out there and there's there's. Bigger meaning, and I think what the kid could show through his I think was the bigger meaning. What did you guys take away of what the kid was doing to the Colt members?
3: Well, you have like Lucas, uh, pulled by Joel Edrington Egerton, and yeah. uh, he says that it was he was sort of a non believer and actually a member of the state troopers who goes on to shoot a state trooper. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he yeah. said that he was converted by how powerful it was, and it's almost kind of like. I mean we're super speculating because it's intentionally vague and this is what the writer director wants to do is talk about it on the internet. But I think that <laughs> I think that it's kind of like almost like a like a DMT acid trip where these people are singing to another dimension and it's probably just like colors yeah. and shapes and you know the way that yeah. it's like that's adult- a good The way, yeah, psychedelic experiences are described, it's kind of like the same vibe I was getting from these people. Yeah,
2: and the people that have, like, had it, they were all, like, calm. They weren't upset that, like, they were being arrested by the FBI or detained. And when they were, like, being interviewed um, by Adam Driver or Kylo Ren... (laughs) um, Mishawaka native. Is he really?
0: Yeah, yeah. went to Mishawaka High School. That's
2: pretty cool. Okay, so Kylo Ren for all our listeners, went to a high school very close to where we all went. Where Stevie's cool. recording firm right now, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And money. Yeah, that's cool. But, um... Yeah, they just felt... They felt calm during like the debriefings and stuff, as if, like, they've seen more that's out there, and, and that they're more aware, or something. It, it was just like Pappy kind of said, like, a DMT trip, or, like, experiencing a new dimension, where things just make sense. I don't know. Did you... Stevie or Money, did you guys... Um, have like a different take on that
0: or as far as the cult goes i think they thought they were getting like a glimpse into heaven yeah yeah and that alton was going to be kind of their guide to it because i mean the date place time and coordinates were all i imagine sent to him from that second dimension yeah you would say i don't
2: know what that was
0: i think that's what it was i think they because they said that he would rattle off and kind of like speak in tongues sometimes hmm Yeah. And their whole Bible was just based off his word. I mean, I mean, it's why the movie's called Midnight Special. Every sermon was held at midnight. Just because well, he couldn't be out in the day. Yeah, so and,
2: couldn't the kid... Yeah, the kid with superpowers, Alton, he couldn't, like, actually be in the light? What was that? Was he, like, a gremlin? What was the... <laughs> you can't feed him after midnight. <laughs> yeah, and you can't feed him after midnight or he'll start speaking in tongues? No, but, like, what was the thing? He just couldn't be in sunlight or... I kind of had mm-hmm. trouble with that too. That's a problem uh, that I guys, had with this movie. I it was I mean, like
1: he was too hypersensitive to sunlight. Too hypersensitive or to sunlight. Right. But then, that's like but he has a, an
3: explosion at one point where he like is, yeah. I mean, for me, so he, it was a little so, bit representing of of on the nose character shift where right after he's available to be in the sunlight, he realizes he's like, I know what I am. Like, don't worry about me, Dad. I know what's gonna happen. So like, it kind of yeah. represents him moving from being a passive character to an assertive character, but it's not... That's sort of the thing with the script, right? You're not going to get the details of why that's going to happen. Right, that's that's just going to get swept under the rug. That's intentional. We can criticize the choice to do it that way, but it was done that way for a purpose. On
2: purpose, yeah. I just see that kid, Jadine Lieberher. I definitely did not say that correctly. (laughs) Jaden, <laughs> um, <laughs> Alton, the guy with special he he special powers, he was in Saint Vincent with um, Bill Murray. I don't think yeah. that was a good move, but yeah, he was the kid in that. So yeah, that, kid, Jeff, that kid's on the up and up. He's yeah. Jeff worlds.
0: Nichols had a um, kind of a dilemma if he wanted to cast him or not. He yeah. thought that he would be kind of too recognized, like you said, for Saint Vincent, and it would have taken away from his character overall. Well, I didn't um,
3: recognize him, so,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: it was just kind of his fear with casting him. The blockbuster
3: that was St. Vincent.
0: He's typecast. Hey, I like that movie a lot.
2: It has <laughs> decent reviews, and everyone loves Bill Murray. I mean, put him into a Jungle Book, and he just gets hits, laughs after laugh.
0: Vince's favorite movie of 2016, <laughs> Jungle Book.
2: Yeah, I'm putting that up for best. When we do our Oscar Best Pick'em, uh, that's what I'm going to pick for Best Picture. For, for all the things. Jungle Book, yeah. Jungle Book. <laughs>
0: We're kind of like moving through the movie. What did you guys make of the second, like the other dimension that kind of sits upon us? Like at I've, least that scene in general, because like I almost thought we were gonna get a, a car chase after the uh, the cult kidnapped him back after the after the uh, motel after the um, the cult came back and got him. And
2: yeah, you're kind of building yeah, up yeah. for
0: this awesome car chase and immediate traffic jam. You know, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting writing and really good directing when it comes to that. But that's like kind a of, scene, is
3: that like a scene out of two thousand or uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah. An exact scene out of that.
0: I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty cool choice. And um, you know, you see the cult members obviously gotten a shootout with the military, and the uh, NSA got Alton. What do you guys make of just I guess the, the actual car chase that we got and the reveal of the second other dimension?
2: Wait, so was the car chase just that uh, when Roy busted through the barricade, and then like the army were hot on their trail, but they
3: basically
0: just—they're pretty much just feeding everybody else away. Yeah. Okay,
3: I gotta say something about that. That was my second least favorite part of the movie. That was really weak. It was not. Well, okay, if that's the FBI
2: and like this whole thing's actually happening, there's no way he could have went through that barricade and like nothing
3: happened. And kept trying. I mean, mean, that's what it, it. There's this moment that builds up with all this tension, and then ultimately nothing really happens. They just go through it. Wait for a second, then go again. And I don't... The military can't... Can only return fire? Is that true? No. Absolutely
0: <laughs> Well, not. I imagine... I mean, do they want to shoot Alton? Well, so they that, can only that return fire
3: if you're driving awesome. a car at him? I don't know.
2: I don't know. I thought that might have been assumed, Stevie. Yeah, like, want to I, shoot, I get your or, point. Do you, of
0: like, do you want to shoot property of what's going to be the military's? Or,
2: yeah, or like... It could be, like, a second coming. Like, they had no idea what the kid was. Yeah. So, so like we're, we're filling in the Chicago. gaps that
3: Alton intercepted that radio transmission of only Return Fire. and Yep. Then he, okay, yeah. that's fine. I can live with that. that
1: is no, that but, not better, have <laughs> to go off
2: your point, I agree because part of the reason I said that, I didn't think there was many, like, major themes and it kind of lacked that conflict resolution was that I don't think I believed... So I don't think this was set in like our universe, like not that it was in an alternate universe or whatnot, but you know what the movie was set in as that America at that time in the south or whatever <clears throat> it it wasn't believable to me it just felt it felt like it was tiptoeing that it could be actually two thousand sixteen happening and it was also tiptoeing that it was like a sci-fi different kind of universe or different kind of setting um, and I didn't think they really got a good grasp on what they were trying to portray as the world that this char- these characters were living in. Um, the setting just didn't,
0: didn't Nichols, necessarily add uh, up to me. Said in an interview with Hitflix on YouTube that he was trying to find America that's really being like swept under the rug. Kind of like well, yeah. not just the South, but like industries taking over. And yeah. those like back roads and like true deep south of like kind of cornfields and the woods are kind of being swept away. Mm -hmm. so that's what he said he was going after when he was shooting
3: his movies are really political and i think that he's making a a definite statement with who the antagonists are usually the government or and then the other forces at play but but to the reveal of the fourth dimension it was okay oh yeah i wish i could have seen it in theaters i saw it on an airplane screen and then my laptop so i've had the best experience with it yeah it's okay it's satisfactory. it's serviceable
1: It just made me want more answers, and I just didn't get those answers. So I was a little disappointed, but... And I I was just confused when he goes and leaves, when he goes with the Second Dimension people, the creatures or the people from the Second Dimension, and then there's just, like, no explanation as to what his purpose was or what all of that chasing and what the cult expected from him and that kind of stuff. It was... It was a little disappointing in that respect, but, yeah, I think if I had seen it in theaters, I
0: would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that didn't have a lot of marketing. That's for sure, because I didn't even hear about
2: it until you pulled up, yeah.
0: Warner Brothers,
3: right?
2: Yeah, it's
0: Warner Brothers. I released it. It just, it's kind of strange. They select-cityed it, and then it was only nationwide for 18 days.
2: Wow. That's weird. They didn't give it a chance. Yeah, They
0: didn't even give it a chance. And I'm not sure how much that has to do with the studio because uh, I was watching a Jeff Nichols interview today and he was kind of talking about how he went really old school with it and he wasn't going to deal with a lot of send the script in, do another draft for us, send the script in, here's notes on this, take this out and do this. He said he was just going to make the movie his way. And he was gonna give one studio one shot, and if they didn't do it, he was just gonna raise the own money and shoot raise his own money and shoot it independently. Huh. That's
2: an interesting point to bring up money because I'm looking at the box office right now and they got murdered.
0: Six million. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm see- I'm seeing three million and it was a budget of eighteen, so yeah. they at least lost ten mil on it at least.
3: Warner Brothers was busy with uh, Batman versus Superman.
0: The masterpiece yeah. that that
3: was. Oh, who, oh right. shoot. Well, Quick between trivia. Jungle
2: Book and that, that's going to clean up at the Oscars. Quick trivia.
3: <laughs> who is in both Batman and Superman and this movie? What would you say? Who is in say? both Batman vs. Superman and Moonlight Special? Midnight Wait, Special. Midnight, Midnight Special? special? Yeah, what's the so, question? you asking to pick between... Yeah, what's no, the question? No, who is in both movies? There's a person who is in both. Oh, oh. Michael Shannon. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah, he's yeah, General he Zod. Like one second, yeah, he's he dead.
1: Oh, I was you know, thinking of Nancy
3: Grace, Wh- though, too. Oh, <laughs> Nancy
0: Grace was in this movie?
3: Yeah.
1: I think Gotham, like, news or something. Gotham News. Dude, she was like, I don't
2: see no Nancy Grace in this movie. Was she just, like,
1: on her, the news I at the beginning? I promise
2: she was, yeah. She was yeah, she
1: room. was. Dude, is this one of those, this is
2: one of those, uh, like, Christian Bales in the movie? Is that who you were talk- saying was in the one movie? <laughs> no, Mikey's like, got yeah, my back can't.
1: this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was, right, in,
1: she was in this movie.
0: Wait, which movie did Mike, did Pap say that Christian Bale was in, that he wasn't? He,
1: he was getting <laughs> his like,
2: laundry.
0: Oh, he was in he Bowfinger. Came he came was the fled. guy getting the suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Fletch.
2: <laughs> Next time we have our good friend Christian Bale on the show, we'll... we'll, we'll I'm still uh, not convinced. We'll straighten that out for everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> oh, well, as far as second, as the other dimension goes, I actually liked it a lot um actually one thing i actually really enjoyed about this movie was the score
3: mm-hmm.
0: just kind of like the gentle piano in the back and just you know different piano notes and i don't know i really enjoyed the score did you guys like it
2: yeah i, liked I it. honestly didn't really that's one thing that
0: stood out to me in the movie at least
2: wow so it, i didn't even recognize it but sometimes personally i think if i don't recognize a score that it also could be a good score because it doesn't distract from the film.
0: So. Oh, that's actually a really good way of looking at it. Who did it, Stevie? Do you know? Um, I actually couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I'm actually. Such it was a really good,
3: voice. and it was used a lot in those establishing shots. They would go really yes. wide, and it would also be something. It would be something really cinematic, like perfectly framed, and then that's when the score would sort of swell up. I really, I really like that. I oh, usually like establishing yeah. shots. Yeah. David
0: Wingo uh, scored the movie, and he has also done three other Jeff Nichols movies. Trey did take uh, David Wingo, not right. not to be confused with Trey Wingo on ESPN. Brother, brother might be a brother. Brother. Uh, brother. He also did take Shelter in Mud, which I would advise anyone who's a film lover see both those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. But Anything I, else? I was, Anything else to well, add?
2: I, I was going to comment on the the Second World um, because so to our viewers who might not have seen it, it's it looked like almost like a what would you call it, like a silk screening, like almost like a I don't know, a spider spider web kind of buildings. And then it was just like energies of light were the people that were in it. But
0: right. they also
2: had like trees and stuff. And um I don't know if you guys have ever seen like renderings for like green buildings in like Chinese con-, con- uh, cities or like, you know, like there's always these like push for like green buildings to like I don't know, whatever. But they kind of reminded me of that, that architecture style of open and then also had like green and like high story farming and stuff. Like that's what it reminded me of, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but it was weird that they set it right on top of the existing earth as if like these energies exist while we're here. Well,
0: that's what the fourth In dimension
2: Unis- is. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I think yeah I, I think that's obviously what they're going for but um yeah i i just thought the architecture was unique and i thought it kind of resembled a lot of um mock-ups of modern day architecture for like green buildings or environmental friendly buildings that very well could be which would also then play into jeff nichols political um jabs that he usually they're not jabs but whatever his political tones um that maybe he thinks that these buildings should exist more. or well, I don't even know, but, yeah. It could have been, like, an intentional thing, or it could just be totally random.
0: Well, I don't think he's completely anti-government. I mean, the cleanest character in the movie outside of Alton was a guy who worked for the NSA.
3: Adam Driver, yeah. Yeah, Adam Driver. I sent Stevie over the screenplay today, and I was like, we were looking at our favorite parts, and, like, the part where the big reveal happens, he wrote it to have, like, more, like alien like beings and a lot more of them too but all we get is kind of like four pieces of light cgi'd on yeah that was kind of Out,
0: outlined of bodies
3: yeah but
0: because they are yeah.
3: outlined yeah it was yeah okay. it, was, it was like glowing
2: lights that kind of outlined a shape of a human almost
0: which makes sense because if something from another dimension comes into ours we can only see them in 3d figures yeah
2: i think that was the point yeah. or the uh, intention yeah
0: Anyway, um, I'd say, uh, do you guys should just go on the table? Do yes or no's? Sure. All right, Mikey, I want to start with you since you're right next to me? Okay.
1: Uh, I will say this is this is a tough one. This is a <laughs> this is a tough. One. I'll say this is a yes, but it's one of those movies <laughs> where you just want more from it. You want more answers, or you want a little more of the plot explained. And not every movie has to like write it out for you but uh this was one where i just wanted just a little bit more but it's still a good movie and it, it, i would have liked it a lot more if i had seen it in theaters because it's like there's some good it's like a very pretty movie like it's filmed pretty well filmed on film yeah. not digital it's a good looking nice movie. so it's a yeah
0: Happy, how about you I liked it. I
3: think overall it's strong. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when... Uh, who's the guy you kind of eye abuses the main character? Alton?
0: Oh, Sam Shepard?
3: Yeah. Uh, there's one point where he's sitting down uh, with Roy at the kitchen table. And he's like, hey, I did some research. Let me explain things to you. And then Roy shut, shuts him down. He says, I'm not really interested. I'm too tired. That's kind of the theme of the whole movie. Like, there was a chance there to provide some stupid exposition on what he's found but Jeff Nichols makes it quite that it's not what this movie's about yeah sometimes he takes it too far like when Adam Driver's looking at the chalkboard studying the numbers and all of a sudden just stands up in circles too, and he's like they're not going and doesn't to explain it. why they're not going to <laughs> Atlanta like that's just absurd and that's too much that's becoming you know it pissed me off yeah that part actually ticked me off yeah, yeah. That, that's taking it to the extreme of narrative withholding I think overall it works. It's fun. I wish it was a little shorter, but it's a yes for me. Solid.
0: Vince?
2: Oh, boy. So I, I got that same feeling that Mikey has. I, I'm not upset that I see, saw the movie. It was really well done um, in the sense of, like you said, the score, the acting. I think the acting was good. Uh, the child acting, which is always tough, was good. Um, I think it was shot well. There's some beautiful scenes. Um, but I, I just... The plot really is what, not necessarily even the plot, just the themes and and how they went about answering those and stuff were the reason why I didn't love the film. Um, And I gave it a 6 out of 10, but it might be better than that. I might have just kind of gave it a a, a bad rating there. Oh, on yes and no. Um,
0: No. Aye. All righty. And before I get into mine, um, what did you guys make of Roy's eyes like, turning that Alton uh, blue color at the end when he's in jail?
1: Is that supposed to infer that he is, he is also, also from that dimension? Yeah. How is Alton from this other dimension? Which means
0: that Which means his Roy dimension. would also have to be. So there's a whole well, other backstory that we never really got into. Well, here's the yeah.
3: idea. I saw this movie twice, and even on the second time, I was like, "I think I saw that, but I'm not sure." So I don't know how much, how many times this movie wants me to watch it to pick up all all these clues that ultimately lead up to nothing. Like he could be part of the family, he could not be. Like you could be channeling him telepathically. Anything could be happening for all we know. Right. Yeah.
2: And
3: there is no answer. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there's. there's as, it's just made up, as you said, Pappy. Like it, that's why I thought it could be that. Like the kid is then, Alton is like kind of seeing through him in the sense of whatever that fourth dimension is. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Or it's metaphorical. Or, or like Only said, Jeff could... Nichols will ever know. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he'll ever tell us either. Because he does the same thing in Take Shelter. I mean, really the ending is just could go one of a million different ways. And I've heard some people so, saying
3: that this movie sets up for a sequel, but there's no way he's making a sequel, right?
0: No, that that's not his style. And if he did, I'd be pumped, but I don't think that's what his intention is at all. I think he just but, wants it to have one standalone.
3: I feel like that would undermine the point of the project, which is be as ambiguous as possible.
0: Yeah, just yeah. kind of leave us kind of like the government, just asking as many questions as possible, not knowing anything.
2: Does he, does, does he cast Nick or... Um... Shannon and everything? because Every teacher.
0: one of his movies. He writes a part specifically for He him. writes a, sp- a part specifically for Michael Shannon in every one of his movies.
2: I love Michael Shannon, but I-, I would like to see him have more range in his acting. Because I feel like everything I've seen him in has the same character undertones.
0: You'd really like, like Take Shelter, then.
2: You think it's different than Boardwalk Empire and all, all the other stuff he's in?
0: Very. He has cool. like a huge range in Take Shelter. Cool.
1: I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah. Um, Have you seen Man of Steel? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Have you seen Man of Steel on weed? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not to get too far into this, but uh, Jeff Nichols went to a school in uh in uh, North Carolina, and he said one of his one of his professors did like this miniature short, and he was editing in it, and he saw Michael Shannon, and he kind of saw his acting, and he was like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "It's Michael Shannon," and since that moment on. Jeff Nichols writes a part, as Babby said, specifically for him.
2: I think he's a great actor. So don't get me wrong on what I was saying about him. But I I feel like most of his roles, he kind of plays that same character. Um, But I do think he's a great actor.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess just to get into my yes or no's, I don't know why. It's definitely not the best movie of the year, but it's my favorite. Like, of 2016, I don't know why. I've seen this movie four times now. I love its ambiguity. ambiguity um i think every shot is just beautiful uh the music is awesome the acting is super well done and it's just a movie that i absolutely enjoy so my favorite movie of the year and a hard yes for me as far as 2016 goes now it's 2017 now but 2016 True. my favorite three yeah.
2: or four dang i feel I, I feel bad for saying no i just i don't, I don't think know I hey
3: that, that's yeah. the beauty I think of 75 is a fair score yeah. for this movie yeah
0: yeah as I said, actually, yeah, that's not, yeah, that not the, the perfect movie. Spot. It's just yeah. my favorite. I don't know. You guys ready for trivia? Yeah, let's do some trivia. Okay, so this is a very precise question. Hands off computers. Hands off. I was kind of, uh, I've been watching a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson lately, and hmm. he's kind of disproving when people say "what goes up must come down." Um, he's disproving
2: there, gravity.
3: Is that what you're saying?
0: There is a way to escape Earth's atmosphere.
3: Yeah, it's called a spaceship.
0: There's a certain (laughs) speed to it. There's a certain speed to it. In miles per second, what is Earth's escape velocity? Is it closest to? Closest to miles per second. All right.
3: Price is right style?
0: Price is right style. And I'll say this right now. It's less than your brain thinks.
3: Good. Good. Can you just, can you repeat the entire
2: question again? Or just like the, the, just the science of the question, repeat that. Like, what's the... What's especially the, the
0: part about Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. He was, was kind of just saying, like, what goes up must come down isn't always true. There's a way to escape Earth's atmosphere. You just have to go to a certain speed. Yeah. In miles per second. What is Earth's escape velocity? Okay. Mm. okay. So
3: what's the order?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mikey, do you want to go first or last? Would be the...
1: I'll go first.
0: Miles per second.
1: Mm, miles per second. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I will say. That's not
2: like a a thing uh, we ever use that uh, measurement <laughs> in our normal life.
1: Uh, I'll say it. Say it's. Uh, say it's like seventy-five miles per second.
2: And he, put, he sets the anchor on that. Who's next, me or you, Pap? You can go, go I do next. The yeah, you can go next. Is it just closest to?
0: Closest to. This price is go right go style. On. Price is right.
2: I'm going I'm to say a solid 20.
3: All righty, Pap. I'll say 76.
0: <laughs> well, our winner, this e- our winner this week is Vince. What? <laughs> I kept saying it's less than you think. It's seven miles the- per second. But if you Which think is, about is flying?
2: Is, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's still pretty fast. That is. What does
2: that go It's like miles per hour? Does that even equate to something? I like didn't
0: that? even do the math. It's seven miles per second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh,
0: yeah. Fools. I, Pat, uh, Stevie, I took your. Uh, your. Advice yeah, I mean, ours. come on, seven miles per second is flying. But that's fast. Uh, but what's the relativity between
2: you know twenty and seventy-five? It that's. They're both really fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's still flying. Um, All right. uh, If you want to read us on Twitter, you can find us... um, (laughs) What is it? At Spoilers PDCST. That's at Spoilers PDCST. If you want to email us, which we'd always appreciate awesome feedback. We haven't got one of those in a while. It's... um, at Pod- Spoilers. Wait, is it Podcast Spoilers? Podcast, podcast spoilers, spoilers at, at gmail. Podcast spoilers at gmail.com and we have a website of the same made by our awesome intern Vince. It looks beautiful. <laughs> uh, We're also on iTunes with Spoilers with an exclamation point. Want to leave us here, uh, give us a five star and maybe throw a movie out so you like us your review? We can do that. We're the ones that look like a cereal bowl. Granted that the movie is out. Doug. Yeah, Doug. <laughs> But apparently that movie that is coming out, what did he say it was again? Raw. Raw is very good, apparently. And also, uh, I'd like to thank Joshua Hensley of the Rutabaga. He did our intro and outro, and it sounds awesome. Check them out. And uh, Vince, what is your uh, what is your choice for next week?
2: Alrighty, righty. So I think we're going to do the first documentary that we've done. We've done a couple mockumentaries, yeah, but we haven't done these documentaries. This one's called valley uprising um and the synopsis is in the shady campgrounds of yosemite valley valley climbers carved out of a counterculture lifestyle of dumpster diving and wild parties that clashed with the conservative values of the national park service so this is a badass climbing documentary that i'm gonna love you guys might not but um i'm a climber so i'm gonna fucking love it and yosemite is like uh one of the motherlands for climbers. So, this is supposed to be a really good um, documentary, too. It's about like a bunch of dudes that were just sickos that uh, climbed mountains and fucking partied their ass off. Um, it has an 8.3 on IMDb and it is on Netflix. So, it's going to be an easy thing to find. And I think you guys are all going to enjoy it, whether you think you're going to enjoy it now or not. Um, but I'm excited to do a first documentary and I'm excited for you guys to, to see this. So.
0: Awesome can't yeah. wait to watch it it's available on Netflix
2: yes sir I'm a valley uprising
0: trailer right now yeah
2: Valley Uprising. Nice.
0: super can't wait well that was a really fun episode and this was spoilers.
2: Teacher Mark Math paper.